Time for our spotlight on KRWC. On the third Wednesday of each month, we reserve some time to uh, talk with the members of the Wright County Board of Commissioners. Commissioner Derek Vetch joins us today to uh, talk about some of the recent issues before the board. Derek, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Not too bad. I'm uh, hoping that spring is back for good, but, boy, I tell you, it's day-to-day these days. It is. Uh, uh, Mother Nature is really challenging us this year. Uh, <laughs> if it's not the uh, snow, it's the rain or the wind, uh, really not making it easy on us, especially I, I'm feeling for those folks in Rockford and Delano or those folks along the river right now. Uh, definitely uh, that's a challenge. And then here today the wind is uh, causing havoc for people living on the lakes and blowing the ice in and creating all kinds of damage as well. Mm. Yeah, it's been a rough winter. We wanted to kind of talk a little bit about uh, some of the, the road situation. I know the uh, county highway department, like all road departments, whether they be state or county or a city or township or whatever, have really had their work cut out for them all winter long. Uh, you are correct there. Uh, we're seeing kind of a, a larger number of potholes that we've seen over other years, and uh, the highway department is diligently trying to get out there and uh, fill them, but Mother Nature needs to cooperate with us for that to get done. So we're, we're hoping everybody can be patient with us as we hopefully get out there and make those roads safer to travel. Did the um, the amount of times they, that the crews had to be out and the, the materials that they used, did that uh, kind of really throw a monkey wrench into the, the uh, budget for what they had set for this year, or did they manage to get by pretty well? managed to get by uh, fairly well, given all the circumstances. It, it, they were able to uh, work closely within their budget, so it wasn't a, a gaping hole within it. Uh, considering that it was a top snowfall year, we were able to manage it within the budget uh, constraints for the most part, so that's good. I have to applaud our highway department and their efforts there. Yeah, yeah and tip of the hat to uh, all of those drivers and all the uh, maintenance workers that were keeping those trucks on the road. They really had a, a long, long season. And even as uh, recently ago as Sunday, they had to be back out there again. I, you never expect to be plowing the later part of April. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got a lot of topics to touch on here today. I know first and foremost, you wanted to talk a little bit about the county job market and the openings. You've got kind of a plethora of things uh, due to a lot of different reasons, but you got a lot of county uh, job openings right now. To my recollection, I don't remember us ever having this many open positions historically. Uh, right now we have 20-plus open positions in 14 different job areas in the county. Uh, it's really been a challenging. Uh, we were a little bit later in the game. I think the uh, private market outside of government uh, has been struggling with this even longer, but it's really resonated uh, to our level now where we have a lot of positions open uh, from everything from entry level to very specialized ones. We're having to really recreate how we go out and actually needing to do a much more robust effort in recruiting people into these areas. Uh, we've actually had to start creating some positions that we actually are training people and giving them the skills they need to, to come in with little or no experience and be able to come in and learn a specialized skill. Uh, one of those areas is our surveyor department. We just uh, we created a position where uh, an individual can come out with nothing more than a high school education and a good attitude and aptitude to learn, and they can work their way up to uh, becoming a, a licensed surveyor. 
And a lot of these openings we kind of talked off the air. It's kind of a, a variety of different reasons uh, that they're opening. Um, you've, you've had a fair number of folks that are retiring that have put in, you know, a long number of years with the county and thank them for their service. So that's part of it, but also uh, just kind of expansion, too. You are correct, Tim. I mean, Wright County, you're having the number one growing county in the state, uh, and the increase of population with uh, about 5,000 just in the last year to a population of 148,000 people. Uh, that's created a large number of growth in a lot of different sectors. Uh, that growth largely creates a lot of new positions in the law enforcement area, uh, which is one of our most challenging areas to uh, recruit and retain employees in. Uh, right now we have about nine open positions for uh, deputies, uh, as well as we have about five-plus uh, uh, openings in corrections. So that, that as we continue to grow, there's going to be more opportunities at the county, and uh, we're looking in that same job market as everyone across the state, uh, trying to find these uh, unicorn workers to come and uh, service the uh, citizens of Wright County. If people, uh, if listeners are interested in the job openings that there might be within the county, is there a kind of a one-stop place that they can look at all of them? Yep. Uh, right on the county web- website, right on the uh, front homepage, we have jobs. Uh, you click right on there. there there's two pages of uh, 14 different positions uh, that are open. Encourage people to come and take a look at it, help uh direct people to those sites and uh, reach out to us if you have questions on how you can either apply for those positions or if you have questions about what education is needed so we can help guide you to get that education so you can uh, uh, apply for those at a later date. Makes a lot of sense for a lot of folks, uh, you know, not having to uh, to travel or commute in many cases, although, uh, you know, you might get uh, some workers that are kind of doing the reverse commute where maybe they're sort of technically uh, West Metro people that come out uh, for the job. But a lot of folks live right here and then work right here in the county, too. It is interesting when you look at all these statistics and uh, where people commute in and out from. We're, we are continuing to keep uh, – we used to be a, a big exporter of workers, but uh, we're trending more in being able to keep more people uh, that live in Wright County or the surrounding area and working in this area versus – Historically, in the past, we've been the vast majority of people uh, live here and work uh, elsewhere. All right, so folks can check on the Wright County website and just click on the jobs area to uh, find out the latest. Let's switch gears here and talk a bit about uh, what's happening with the uh, former government center site in uh, the downtown Buffalo area, and then you had a uh, pending sale for the uh, former Health and Human Services or the... um, uh, the old Pomida building, as people still refer to it as. I think it'll always be referred yeah. to as the old Pomida building. Right. Uh, that the old Pomida building, or the HSC as we call it, the Health and Human Service Center, uh, that sale will be finalizing here within the next uh, week or two. Uh, with the sale to the Riverside Church, we'll be taking ownership of that building here uh, very shortly. Uh, so everything's moving forward with that. Uh, we can report on that. Uh, the Downtown Government Center, uh, right now we are open for uh, bids on the property. Uh, that will close on May 31st. Uh, we're also, in conjunction with uh, looking for bids, we're also doing contingency plans because uh, we know that the commercial property itself would be a complicated sale uh, as, it, as it stands itself. So we are right now working on other options from a redevelopment phase. So 
A lot of those details should be coming forward here in the months ahead, uh, but we're looking forward right now to seeing if there's any interest in the building as it is in doing our due diligence to see if there is interest at that level. Uh, if not, we have other plans for redevelopment that we are planning to execute uh, after that. I was uh, looking once the the official uh, call for bids or, you know, basically calling for interest in, and proposals on that property came out, um, then, you know, you could kind of dig in a little bit and see the maps of the site. And it's a it's a bigger site area than people tend to think. Of. You know, if you're thinking of the building itself, it seems like it's the footprint is smaller, but there's a lot of parking areas that go along with it and a pretty expansive area. It's a pretty good footprint there. You know, about six, seven acres collectively when you take the all the uh, adjoining parking lots to it. Uh, so that there's definitely a, a lot of options for the property there, especially with it being a, a lakefront property. Uh, it, there could be a lot of value there. I know you've been working closely um, with the city of Buffalo, and they've got certainly a vested interest, too, to see what happens with it, as, um, you know, whatever happens probably is going to be there for a long time, and it'll be the first, you know, really big redevelopment of that area in decades, really. You are correct. And we want to also, this is an opportunity for us to look at it in a lot of different lenses from an economic development lens, as well as a transportation lens. There's not very many opportunities where you could have the possibility of maybe looking at rerouting a road in that area and maybe potentially closing off an intersection on 25 and helping the traffic through downtown as well. Uh, That is also one of the lenses that we're looking at on this property as well when considering redevelopment. Run County Commissioner Derek Vetch joining us on our spotlight today. Let's talk a little bit about the budget forecast. I know you've been working on that. So looking into the 2024 book forecast, is, uh, you know, things look uh, good, but yet challenging. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that we are finding is the labor market. Uh, when we put into our forecast, we are at a position where we've never had before, where we are having to... Uh, in order to recruit and retain employees, uh, we've had to hire people at higher wages than the, the starting wage just because the, the market has created such a situation. So that those are some constraints that we're having within the budget. Uh, but we also have a lot of uh, good positive factors. You know, we uh, here at Wright County have a healthy fund balance. You know, we have a continued growth in population and new construction. So those are all factors that help mitigate some of the increased expenses. Uh, but the high inflationary uh, of the market out there from a labor as well as uh, just the products and services are also creating some challenges as well. Uh, we still have some continued shift in tax capacity from uh, commercial to residential that's still being felt that we're trying to mitigate those challenges as well so we can uh, alleviate the impact to taxpayers. So a lot to come on, a lot of things at play, but uh, I'm, we're going to work very diligently to make sure that we can uh, minimize uh, taxpayer impact as well as being able to get the services that are needed uh, at the uh, best rate possible. Well, as you mentioned, with the growth of the county um, being projected to be, you know, continuing to be one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing county uh, in uh, the entire state and certainly in the metro area, 
Um, that all plays into it, too, because it's uh, only going to continue to get larger, more demands for services, et cetera. It is, you are so correct. I think it still amazes me when I'm driving through some of the areas around St. Michael and Otsego. Being somebody who grew up here, you're, it's hard to believe this area here is now just uh, just immense amounts of housing just for miles. And where before it used to be all just open fields, and it's just hard to believe that just within the last uh, decade that area has all been developed out. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about the compost facility. I know you wanted to go into that a bit, uh, maybe touch on its history and where that facility is at these days. So if anybody's not aware of it, out on County Road 37, out in the Monticello Township area, we have the compost facility that was built back in 1990. That was a very state-of-the-art facility back at that time. It was constructed to do the sorting of uh municipal waste into pulling out recycled items and composting food items while removing out other items to lower the footprint of the garbage. Uh, but at that time, it was so cutting edge that it, it wasn't uh, as adopted as it is now as a, as a realistic practice. Now all the uh, private market has taken over that area and, and does such service. So, you know, it operated in that capacity from until around 1994. But after that, uh, it largely became just a drop site for uh, yard waste and hazardous household materials. So you fast forward to till now, uh, it's been just operating as a uh, drop site, but it was built to be much more than that. So it's a, a quite a large building that we're only utilizing a very small footprint of it, of that 29 acres. We're only utilizing um, a fraction of it. The rest of it is largely just being used for storage. Uh, but over time, uh, the building has weathered. It is not in the best condition, and we've also realized that over more recently, as we took into account an inspection in 2021, and then we did an assessment evaluation in 2022 with Stantec and looking at them to make some recommendations because it was becoming greatly apparent that the cost of heating and maintaining that, ability, uh, that building uh, for what we were using it for was not in the best interest of the county or the taxpayers. So now fast forwarding to now, we are looking at uh, what we need to do uh, in the near future to remedy that. And uh, involving what? Are it plans to completely... So the, the discussion point right now is that is it viable to... Uh, uh, demo part of the building or all of the building and to either uh, renovate part of the building or new construct uh, an operation on the current site. Because uh, right now, to heat that large building that we're only using a fraction of, it costs us tens of thousands of dollars a year to heat and uh, utilities on it. But if we can do reconstruction, we can actually get that footprint cost down substantially. That is one of the reasons, as well as right now, there's a lot of safety issues on the site uh, in the condition that it's at. If it continues at this rate, it's just slowly deteriorating on us. So we have to kind of look at how we can make that operate for what we're using it for. Is that going through committees then, Derek, or who's, uh, who's studying that? So it is going through committees right now. Uh, right now, the staff is going to be reaching out and getting some uh, we're doing some site tours of some other facilities that they have up in Stearns County and Scotts County, um, what they have for 
composting facilities and household hazardous waste drop-off facilities and trying to take those into account and what the cost would be to create something similar to that. Uh, so we're that matches our uses here at the compost facility. It is uh, very convenient for residents who have put it to use, but I think it's uh, kind of one of those best-kept secret type things, too. I know I've utilized it several times for, uh, you know, it's handy to have a, a place to properly dispose of, you know, household-type stuff, uh, paints and solvents and what have you. And, uh, you know, it's a really easy in and out for that, but uh, do you need that gigantic building? Uh, you know, probably not. You hit it right on the nose there, Tim. Uh, we Anybody who drives in there, you look at that building and you're going, hmm, this is just really could have been just a garage for them to drive through like most counties have. You drive through, you, you drop off your paint, and you head on your way, or you back into a an area, you unload your brush, and you go on your way. But the building wasn't built for that, and we've been using it as such. I think there was always uh, held on to it for a number of years. I believe there was a lot of thought that the county board that maybe it could be used again or used in, in a bigger, greater capacity. But now, after uh, decades of just kind of being used in the drop-off type operations, it's become quite apparent that that's probably going to be the way it will be used ongoing. And for that fact, we need to look at remedying the situation that's out there. Let's uh, finish up, Derek, if you want, on the um, the fact that um, the uh, Health and Human Services now is conducting a, a little meeting within a meeting uh, within the county board. Maybe you want to just clarify that. So uh, historically, Wright County always had a individualized Health and Human Services board that met once a month on the uh, second Tuesday at 1.30, and that is no longer the case. The Wright County Board of Commissioners have now formally moved the Health and Human Services Board to within the county board meeting, uh, which is on the, uh, sorry, first and third Tuesday of every month at 9 a.m. So we'll be now putting on our public health hats, or Health and Human Services hats, uh, during our county board meetings uh, versus having an individualized meeting for it. Largely just uh, some efficiencies that are found there and just maybe extending out our county board meetings a little bit longer. But being able to get all the conversations at one place for the public as well. We're going to wrap up. Uh, maybe just a couple comments on uh, how the board is uh, doing. Of course, you've got three new members as of the first of the year on the board. I would imagine by now they've kind of uh, they've all sort of uh, kind of gotten into the swing of things as far as the county is concerned. They all had experience anyway, but uh, you know it's. As you know yourself uh, from a few years ago, it always takes a, uh, a little time to get up and running. Uh, I, I will have to say they've done a fantastic job. Uh, the citizens of Wright County are very fortunate. Uh, Commissioner Dietrich, Commissioner Shane, and Commissioner Holland are all uh, great students. They are very eager, and they have a lot of great ideas and good perspectives. I've really enjoyed working with them, as well as with Commissioner Catchmark as well. Uh, I, I believe we have a, a great board that's going to be able to uh, create a lot of value for the citizens of the county. Real good. And, of course, the board meetings are always open to the public. And, again, it's uh, what, which Tuesdays? It's the uh, first and third Tuesdays of the month. First and third at uh, still 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. at the County Government Center building. Otherwise, uh, you can catch it live um, via the Internet or 
replays as well. So those are convenient, and I think a lot of people probably take advantage of that too. We, we, we see a continued growth in the viewership from, it, uh, from an online perspective. You are right there. All right, Derek. Well, it's always fun to uh, catch up with you, and we appreciate the visit here today. And do you want to give a phone number where they can reach you if they have uh, uh, any questions or maybe uh, via email? Absolutely. I uh, encourage any questions anyone might have, reach out to me at 763-682-7687, or you can reach me at my email at derek.vetch at co.right.mn.us. Frank County Commissioner Derek Vetch, our guest on today's Spotlight. Derek, you uh, have a great month, and we will talk to you again in the future. Thank you, Jim. Have a good one. Take care. There's our Spotlight for you for today on KRWC.